This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to Bear Archery's Hunting 101 podcast, where hunters new and old come to learn and find inspiration from stories of hunts gone by. Everyone is welcome to enjoy the outdoor way of life, and there is no better time to start than right now. So let's head into the great outdoors with your host, Dylan Ray. All right, guys, thank you for joining us on Bear Archery's Hunting 101. I am joined by Miss Christy Titus today. Christy, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. Happy New Year. It's 2021, and we're just kicking off our first work week, so it's awesome. It is. 2021, I'm excited to see 2020 go. I'd be lying to say if I, I'd be lying to say I'm going to miss it. Uh, I think everybody is hoping and praying for a little different world this year, so we'll see how it goes. Let's hope. Well, before we dive in, give us a quick introduction to yourself, uh, everything you do, uh, pursue the wild, and, and just kind of how you got to where you're at. And uh, yeah, tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, okay. Well, my name is Christy Titus, and uh, I host a digital TV show called Pursue the Wild that airs on Rumble, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram, and Amazon TV. So I'm completely digitally based. I'm not on a network. Um, I'm from Oregon. I grew up out west. We've got mules, and I'm, I grew up backcountry hunting with with my family, and um, started that passion really young. My family was always extremely involved in conservation. Um, my dad is is a, a early member of the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation. I can remember him being a member from the time I was a little girl. Um, with him and my mom, you know, kind of getting bedded up and, and going to banquets and stuff, and so. I'm an ambassador for the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, and I have been for a long time. Um, I'm going to stretch it. I don't even remember how long. <laughs> uh, but I think uh, I've been an ambassador with them uh, like 12 years or something now. Um, and then uh, so I, I've, I've been involved in conservation for a long time. But in um, my early 20s, I really kicked off uh, working with Safari Club International and um I was president of a chapter, did some lobbying with them in D.C., and, and things just rolled out. You know, for me, being a steward to the land and wildlife, you know, that is what hunters are. And that is, you know, that's really the Fred Bear way, is being a, a good steward to the land and, and wildlife. So, you know, joining the bear archery team is really an honor, and it, it really ties into the core of who I am as a hunter. And from the bottom of my heart, 
and from the bottom of all of our hearts at Bear Archery, thank you so much uh, for joining the team. We're excited to have you on board. We're excited to see what you can do with the bear bow in your hands. And, uh, you know, I know you've uh, on your social media already posted your thoughts on the new redemption, which I was excited to see. Excited to see you like the bow. I That's personally what I'm shooting as well. And, uh, and I absolutely have fallen in love with that bow for many of the reasons you stated on social media. And so we're excited to have you on the team. We're excited to have you be a part of the Fred Bear way um, because we believe that you represent exactly what we represent. So um, we're, we're, we're just excited to have you on board with us. Yeah, no, I'm thrilled. I, I've been, uh, I just got my redemption. Obviously it's a newer bow as well. So what did it launch in September? Um, so I love it. You know, um, one thing I really love about the bow, and this is, I think a lot of women can appreciate this statement is being able to draw a heavier poundage bow. Some of them, the cam systems and stuff are so radical that it's really, they make the, the same poundage ratio very difficult to kind of get that breakover point. And the Redemption EKO, like I picked up that bow and I was drawing three pounds more without <laughs> blinking an eye than I've ever drawn in my life. Um, and that's the first bow I really feel confidently that um, with a lot of practice, like especially in my earlier season, like elk hunts and stuff, I have, I have no doubt I'll be shooting 60 pounds this year. And I may crank it back down to like 55 for some of my whitetail hunts just because when I get cold, you know, you stiffen up a little bit. But I'm really confident I'm going to be able to draw more and have a faster bow than I've ever shot in my life. And, and even where I'm at right now, it's the fastest bow with my, with my complete setup that I've ever shot. So really impressive. And that was that was my exact thought. The first time I drew that bow, it felt like I was drawing a toy. And uh, yeah. and, and I drew it back and I immediately, uh, it was a 70-pound bow, and I immediately was like, all right, it's not cranked down all the way. And I checked, and, and sure enough, it was cranked all the way. And I'm like, there's no way I'm pulling 70. And, uh, it does not feel like it. It, do, it doesn't. It feels like a toy. And, and so then when I went to, to get it all tuned up and everything, I, I put it on a scale, and I'm like, there's they, they had to have sent me a 60 pounder. There has to be something wrong with this. And, uh, and, and sure enough, it was 70 pounds. And I'm like, man, this is, it's a phenomenal, phenomenal draw cycle. And I fell in love with the status EKO because of the adjustability. But, but, uh, th this bow, the redemption has the same adjustability as the status with a much, much softer draw cycle, a much quieter shot, less hand vibration. And this bow, the bear archery team, absolutely outdid themselves uh when they came out with this bow um now tell me about the rest you're, you're shooting the hot wire site i believe yeah that's what i'm shooting right now that's what i put on um i'm also maybe going to be shooting the react hs which is the five pin site but the hot wire you know for me I'm mostly shooting elk and then and then white tail. So primarily I'm gonna be, you know, twenty, thirty yard pin on my white tail. So those will be my fixed, you know, kind of go to pins. Um and on elk and, and if you know, if I'm shooting elk outwards of forty yards, um that third mover pin, I better have that animal in a really good spot, really comfortable. I wanna be able to have time. You know, it really just for me that hot wire site allows me the freedom to be able to to take a 45 yard shot and dial that pin point of aim point of impact instead of, you know, holding a few inches high. And I just really think that a lot of people, once you get in the moment of hunting and you start doing that kind of guesswork, especially with a shorter draw length, 
lower poundage, a little bit slower bow, um, it's easier to make mistakes. So I like that third pin being a floater. It just really gives me that confidence of point of aim, point of impact. You know, take your time and really make those shots count. Um, and I'm excited to shoot that. And I think a lot of times, like for me, especially if I'm whitetail hunting and, and I get in a stand and I draw back on a deer and all my pins are covering the deer, it's a lot easier to just really get punchy on your trigger and and maybe accidentally use a long pin or you know kind of make mistakes so having that clear field of view i i really like that that feature um so that's that that was why i went instantly for the hot wire yeah and that's uh, i shoot a three pin so i shoot the react trio uh, mm-hmm. for me the same reasons but i shoot kind of a uh, a hybrid so i took the i took the react trio housing off of the site and i put it on one of the react one pro dovetail dovetail so i have a, a react trio head on a dovetail um and for me those same reasons because if i'm sitting in a whitetail stand i know i've got my 2030 and my 40 and if i'm going to shoot past 40 uh then i need to range find it and dial it exactly where i need it anyways so i, I i'm the same way i don't really like having more than three pins because uh again if you're shooting at 50 60 yards say you got a deer at 56 yards that's a long shot to try to shoot shoot a gap. So uh, <laughs> it's a long shot for gap shooting yes. for sure. Yeah. So to be able to dial that pin exactly where I need it and shoot, it's 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 important to me. But but also I would say it's it's vital to me. I mean I I don't know how anybody. Uh, I mean I have gap shot that far, but it's just on, on a live animal. I don't want to take that chance. So so I love a three pin slider sight. Uh, before we move on, uh, I do want to give a quick thank you to our friends over at Nexus Outdoors uh, with our, our friends over at Scentlock, Scent Blocker, and Oz by Scentlock. Uh, and we're about to talk a little bit about Bass Pro Shop and Cabela's. So uh, just head into a Bass Pro Shop and Cabela's and check out the entire lineup from Scentlock. Uh, they, it's my favorite gear on planet Earth. Uh, but their, their Oz line, their, their Ozone products are absolutely fantastic. Um, and so I know, I know ordering online sometimes with hunting gear can be kind of tricky, uh, because I, I'm very picky about the way my hunting clothes fit even more so than I am my church clothes. So, uh, head into a Cabela's, try on jackets, try on pants, figure out what fits for you and, uh, and go check out the entire lineup of scent lock, scent blocker and Oz. Um, now you have worked with Cabela and Bass Pro Shop for a while, which, uh, those are some of our, our really good friends and, and just fantastic guys. Were you nervous at all uh, about the combination of the two? I think with change, everybody has concern. I mean, change is the unknown, you know. <laughs> you don't know what's going to happen. Um, so, of course, everybody was was a little bit nervous at first in the industry and, and then, you know, as an ambassador especially because you don't know if, if the new marketing people are going to embrace you as, you know, having the same vision that – Prior, prior marketing teams, but everything's been fantastic for me working with Bass Pro. Um, they've welcomed me with open arms into their family, and they've been wonderful. And um, and I really believe that Johnny is obviously a steward to the land, a great conservationist, and is really looking out for the, the hunting industry as a whole and has a lot of care and concern in that. Yeah, and that, you know, I, I was recently a part of that change with Bear. Um, with with new people coming on, new marketing teams, new new presidents, 
Um, and, and I had kind of the same fear of, well, how's this going to go? Um, will I enjoy working with them or will they enjoy working with me? And uh, so I understand exactly what you're saying. Uh, thank, thankfully, the, the guys over at Bear um, have just, they've, they've done amazing things. Uh, not only with me, but the company as a whole. And, and I'm so excited about the direction that Bear Archery is going. Uh, but but also, you know, I have got to speak to some of the inside guys at Bear, at, at Bass Pro and Cabela's. And, and to hear them talk about how smooth of a transition it was makes me happy. Uh, because, you know, I, I had that fear of like, well, these are two quote-unquote competing stores. And, and now they're joining forces. How would that go? There'll be a lot of head bumps. Will there be a lot of, of of we got to do it this way well, we've always done it this way and and i was just so happy to hear about the smooth transition and, and at the end of the day christy I, you know I, i'm a strong believer and we're all sportsmen and we're all striving for the same thing we're all hunters uh you know we're all bow hunters and so i, I like watching people put aside differences and and do what's best for the consumer and what's best for the archery industry and the hunting industry and so i was so incredibly pleased to hear uh, that transition with Bass Pro Shop and Cabela's just went so flawlessly, so smoothly, and so, so, uh, you know, what's best for everybody happened. It wasn't like one party was left in the dark and one got the better end of the stick. Everybody came out uh, happy in that deal, and it just made me so happy. Uh, but also, I'm a strong proponent of, of going into Bass Pro, much like I just talked about with, with Scentlock. I'm a strong proponent of heading into Bass Pro Shop and Cabela's, picking up a bare bow, uh, shooting it at the at the lanes there and, and figuring out what you like and, and, and how you feel about it. So I would encourage you to head into a Bass Pro Shop or Cabela's and, and pick up uh, some of our bows like the Divergent, uh, the Divergent EKO, and, and, and figure out how you feel about those bows. Uh, that Divergent, have you shot the Divergent? Not yet. It's really similar to the Redemption, um, a little bit shorter axle to axle. So I, I kind of like the sound of that. It's same weight overall and a little bit, half inch longer on the brace or a quarter inch longer on the brace height. So I think that'll be, you know, for those of us that get a little tanty on our bow might help us, um, you know, stabilize some of those shots, but they're very, very similar bows. I'm, I'm excited to try the divergent and see, you know, they both have that same range of, of let off. Um, but, uh, yeah, I haven't quite got one yet. I'm working on it. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I'm always, I'm skeptic of, of short axle axle bows. Um, I really liked 32 uh, inch axle axle, 32, 33. That, that seems to be uh, in the money for me. And I'm always kind of skeptic. And one of my friends ordered it, uh, ordered the Divergent. And he is a, I think he's 6'5". And I'm like, bro, why are you ordering that bow? Uh, it's going to be such a sharp, steep, um, harsh string angle. And, and you're just not going to enjoy it. And, and he's had that bow now for three years, shot tons of animals with it. He absolutely loves that bow. And uh, so I shot it at the lanes at Bass Pro Shop, and, and I was just blown away by the performance of, of that short of an axle-to-axle bow and, and how they packed it into all the features and all the functionality and all the, all the, the smooth draw and the smooth shot uh, in such a small, compact bow. I was absolutely blown away by that bow. And, uh, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to, uh, to hopefully get one. And, and I think that's what I'm going to get my wife to shoot. Um, if not the new, um, the new legit, 
uh, that's so adjustable and, and can pass down to kids and, and, and so on and so forth. And my wife's done with it, but um, yeah, I, I'm incredibly, so head into a bass pro shop, head into Cabela's, try out these bows, shoot them for yourself. Um, I, I've had guys that, that, that call me and say, Hey man, I just shot this bow at, at Cabela's. Um, how is the redemption any better than this? And I'm like, well, just got to shoot it and find out <laughs> because those bows mm-hmm. are absolutely good performing bows. Yeah, I, you're going to have a hard time getting the redemption out of my hands. I really love it. So I'm like, oh, which one am I going to like better? I don't know yet. So we'll see. I, I'm in love with the redemption, though. I'm, I've got some really awesome archery hunts coming up this year that I'm really looking forward to taking that bow on. Um, you know, it's going to be a good year. Now, what does it mean to you? And, and this is kind of a, a loaded, hard question, I guess. Uh, but what does it mean to you? to be a part of bear archery and to live that Fred bear lifestyle, um, you know, with, with it being the Fred bear way, uh, what does the Fred bear way mean to you? And, 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 you know, what, what does it mean to you to be a part of a company with such rich history and such, um, strong roots in the, in the archery community? Well, I think Fred obviously is an iconic archer and he is someone who always put, the care and concern of the animal as his paramount. You know, when he was shooting his recurves, he always made sure that his setup gave him the proper amount of energy and you know, to make that one shot count and always be as humane and ethical as possible. And and I really think that that goes from you know knowing the animal, knowing the land, understanding that you're here as a as a larger pur- purpose and a larger part of that cycle. Um, and we are here as a steward to Mother Earth and on all, everything that calls it home. Um, so for me, being part of that is really important. You know, as a hunter, I take extreme reverence in in the process of hunting. I understand that a life is taken for me to to harvest the meat and, and bring that bounty home. And and I think Fred was or is, you know, iconic of that philosophy. And, and to be part of that in a, in a large scale is it's really profound. I, I think a lot of people lose sight of what it really truly means to be a hunter and what the value in hunting isn't um, the trophy necessarily, but it's the experience. And I really think that Bear is doing a really good job of bringing that experience to families because as we know, the success in archery a lot of times is, is rather low. I mean, not everybody that goes out with, with, a, with a bow in their hand and an archery tag in their pocket is successful. And um, so as archers, we really have to appreciate the process of being a hunter and getting close and you know, living in those moments as, it, as those being the magic of the hunt and not necessarily the harvest. Yeah, and that's, you said it perfectly. Um, you said it absolutely perfectly. Sometimes, sometimes we're way too consumed with the harvest. And, and I'm, I'm just as guilty as everybody, uh, but we miss the hunt for the harvest. And, uh, you know, yeah. So, so I personally, I personally for this year am taking up the challenge of shooting a recurve, um, and and part of that is because I want to, I want to value the hunt, and, and I understand by picking up the recurve I might not harvest the animals I could with my compound, but I want to experience the hunt and hunt for all it's worth, um, and and sometimes that's going to mean coming home broken hearted, uh, you know I'm I'm headed out to, well actually. While this episode airs, um, I'll be in Texas, South Texas, on a whitetail hunt uh, with my recurve. And and I understand I might come back 
empty-handed. I might come back with a missed shot. I might come back with a a, a deer that stood at 40 yards, and, and if I had my compound, it would be dead, but but I don't. Um, but, but I want to get back to that just – enjoying the hunt for what it is and that's that's failures that's heartbreak that's that's hard work that's you know i, I think sometimes we just we way overvalue the harvest and, and and we push aside and forget the hunt well it's all about the journey it is it's all about the journey it's all about the experience and those memories i mean some of my favorite elk hunts uh, uh, this year for example man i had a stellar elk season i didn't i didn't i didn't harvest an elk but I had a, you know, so many close encounters that were just like, okay, one more step, or if that limb wouldn't have been there, and you know, yeah. um, that is, you know, the the pleasure and the pain that comes with bow hunting, and and uh, I think people that are bow hunters truly value that more than anything. Yeah, and that that what you just said sums up my my Kansas whitetail season. Uh, you know, within two weeks, uh, I had I had my top two hit list bucks within. Uh, one was at 40 yards and one more step and one was at, at 50 yards coming in on string and, and got on a hot dough and left. And it was just like, man, heartbreaking. And, uh, and, and then, you know, when it finally all come together, it was just, it, it was, it was worth it in the end, uh, to have those heartbreaks, to have those struggles, to have those, those times of, you know, wanting to just throw your bow across the woods. <laughs> and, uh, but no, uh, you're absolutely correct. And, and, uh, so before I before I move on and talk to you about your upcoming hunts, uh, let me give a quick thank you to our friends over at Bonnie. Uh, they make everything you need to not only build your arrows, but they make the components to build your arrows. Uh, and, and they have some incredible bear archery branded products with some Fred Bear flannel and Fred Bear camo uh, on some wraps. And so uh, our friends over at Bonnie make it an absolute pleasure to to build your own arrows. So go check out Bonnie Archery um, now, Christy. What do you have planned for the 2021 year? Um, so right now I'll be starting out probably in April doing a little bit of archery turkey hunting in Missouri. It's so funny. Eastern turkeys are the only turkey I haven't harvested. <laughs> it's like the one everybody has. <laughs> so I'd really love to complete my slam of turkeys with my bear bow this year. So that is kind of my goal to finally put all that together <laughs> um so we'll see um but that's that's where i'm going to start in april and then in july i'm going to south africa um so i'm really excited um to be going there and my goal in africa for for my bow hunts is not waterhole sitting um i've done that once and i really did not enjoy that experience as much so my goal in africa is to be doing some spot and stock archery hunting so um you know kind of on the list would be sables and yala bush buck um but we'll see you know i'm going to have my my bow in my hand and and i'm going to be using the terrain as much as possible and and uh just give her give her my best uh in africa first of you know, july that'll be fun Speaking of, speaking of turkeys, uh, let me tell you a little bit about the SK2 broadhead from Sick. Uh, my, one of my friends called me uh, this morning, and he said he had a turkey at 62 yards. And uh, this is the same guy he's shooting the redemption. Um, and so he's sitting in a ground blind, which for a 6'4 guy to be able to shoot a bow out of a ground blind, it almost has to be a 28-inch bow. Um, and so he has a turkey at 62 yards, and he lets one rip, and, uh, and he smokes that turkey. 
and he walks out and he gets the SK2 broadhead and he, he washes it off in the snow and uh, goes back to his blind, puts another flight clip on, and 10 minutes later shoots a doe with the same arrow, same broadhead. So I was, awesome. I was impressed to hear that the SK2 broadhead has absolutely blown my mind. So uh, I would go check those out for all you guys who are listening because they have, I, I believe they have created a broadhead that will be very, very tough to beat. Um, voted the best broadhead of the year by Field and Stream. And uh, just an absolute incredible broadhead. I, I busted through a, 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 the Kansas buck I shot this year, uh, a mechanical broadhead busting through both shoulders. shoulders. Uh, I was incredibly impressed. So um, what else do you got planned for the year? Um, I'm going to be hunting archery elk in Colorado um, in September. And then I'm going to roll into archery whitetail in Montana, archery whitetail, I'm hoping in Kansas. We'll see if I draw um, archery whitetail in Missouri. And then I may end up going to South Texas <clears throat> for um, Audad and uh, whitetail in December, depending on you know, how my season shakes out. So we'll just see. Have you ever hunted, so a lot of- have you ever hunted South Texas before? No, so I'm trying to do like this, you know, low fence, free range, <laughs> odd out, and and actually, I think it's a, a rutting mule deer hunt. Um, I think I might have just said whitetail on accident, but it would be a rutting mule deer hunt uh, down there. So we'll see. Um, I've hunted South Texas, I guess, once for odd ad. It's been six or seven years ago. I, I did a hunt down there for for sheep. South Texas is one of the most incredible places to hunt. It, 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 as far as hunting outside of the country, it, it's, it's so much like hunting in, in another country. I mean, it really is. It is it's so game rich. It's, so, it, it's just a fun hunt no matter what you're hunting. Whitetails, mule deer, axis, mouflon, whatever you're hunting, black buck. There's so much to hunt, and it's 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 like no other place in the country. It's just, it's a, it's an incredibly fun place to hunt. Me and Alec, uh, like I said, uh, when this episode airs, we will be in South Texas, uh, chasing whitetails with our friends at Liberty Ranch and, uh, and I am, I'm sorry, Lincoln Ranch. Um, and I am so incredibly excited to get down there. Uh, I don't think Alex ever hunted South Texas, so I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited to get him, uh, down there and, and try to harvest some, some whitetail and some hogs. But, I recorded a podcast um, one time with a guy from Australia, and he said uh, he said one of his favorite places to hunt, and he's hunted all over the world. I think he said like ten different countries, and so um, he's hunted all over the world. And he said South Texas is one of my favorite places to hunt uh, because like, it's, he said it's the most it's the most like home. Um, it's the most like hunting in Africa, and I'm like, well, that's or, or I'm sorry, like like Australia, and I'm like, well, that's. That's good to know because I've always wanted to hunt Australia, so now I kind of know what it's like. But um, to hear somebody say that, that that's got to hunt all over the world, uh, sure made me proud um, as being uh, somebody who gets to hunt there. And, and so uh, I'm excited to go. I'm, I'm excited for you to get to go, and I, I wish you the best of luck while you're there. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I'm super excited to head to Africa, and, and it's going to be a great, it's going to be a great experience, great trip. And and but my, you know, my heart is with archery elk hunting, so. I'm chopping at the bit for September. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it seems like forever off, but it'll be it'll be here before we know it. I know that. No, I just I we can't come here fast enough. <laughs> like, I just can we just get it over with? Come on, 2021, let's go. <laughs> I'm ready to elk hunt. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. 
I don't know if you have the same issue I do, but but when you plan a hunt that, you know, say you plan it 10 months or even, you know, 18 months out, it's almost as if like, this is never going to happen. Like, come on, hurry up. And, and then when it finally gets here, you're like, holy cow, it's here. Like, it's time to hunt. Holy cow, holy cow, it's here. And you blink your eyes and it's over. <laughs> it's yeah. like, wait a second, what just happened? Yeah, then you got to wait another year. Mm-hmm. Now, where we're at in Colorado, are you going to be hunting? Is this over the counter? Is this with an outfit? Yeah, so I hunt over the counter. It's, it was a general tag, but I, I hunt with the same outfitter every year. Um, and he's got an 18,000-acre ranch lease, and I, I hunt the same place. The last couple of years, I rifle hunted it in the second season, and it's a really tough hunt with a rifle um, because the elk are not redding and it's really heavy timber and thick bush. And like this last year, I finally managed to harvest an elk literally with my gun at 20 yards. <laughs> um, and I, I snuck in on it and, um, you know, kind of figured out where it was crossing um, to go feed and literally snuck in on it under the cover of darkness the way, and I hunted it like I would with a, with a bow and was successful on it by just, you know, kind of following that winter pattern. But it's really the perfect place to hunt um, during the rut because you have elk in there. It's heavy timber. It allows you an, a lot of opportunity to do some calling sets. And, and I have an elk call line with Rocky Mountain Hunting Calls. So that's, that's what I want to go back there for. I'm, I'm going to, you know, hang up my, my rifle in that particular hunt in Colorado this year and, and focus with my bow on elk. And it should be, it should be the perfect place for, you know, really intimate encounters with bow hunting. And, and this year's rifle hunt just solidified that to me. I'm like, okay, game on. I'm going back with my bow next year. Well, hopefully, hopefully you lay the smack down on a beautiful bull with your redemption and, uh, and you can come back on and tell us the story of how it all unfolded. Yeah, I'm hoping we'll see. We'll see how it goes. It'll be regardless of what happens on the hunt. It's going to be incredible. I mean, like in in Montana this year, it's such an incredible season, and and just so many close calls. Just no cigar, you know, yeah. <laughs> just not quite. And that that's part of the that's part of being an archer. So, um, but to me, there's nothing more magical. Yeah, and it all goes back to exactly what we were just talking about. You know, the missed opportunities is what makes it so much sweeter when it finally happens. And, yeah. you know, if, if, if we went out and harvested an animal the first time we hunted, then it wouldn't be fun. Uh, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be worth it. I mean, if, if, and my dad really brought that into perspective for me one time, I, uh, I, I was kind of bummed out about the hunting season I had had. And, and, uh, and he just said, well, son, what, what, what would happen if you shot a deer the first time you went out, you know, think, really think about how your year would look if, if first day, first morning you harvested a deer. And, uh, and I was like, well, I guess you're right. And he's like, you wouldn't be able to hunt. Your, your season would be over. You're, you would be done hunting. Yeah. And I'm like, well, yeah, I guess, I guess you're right. Now, you know, now that I'm a bit older and, and more understanding of the hunt and the process, when you harvest that animal, finally, it's almost the, the I can't explain it to a non-hunter, but it's almost the most bittersweet feeling in the world because it's like, yes, finally. And then the moment sets in where you're like, crap, I'm done. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm done chasing you now. Uh, I, this, this, this chapter is over and now I got to begin a new chapter. And, uh, so it's almost the most bittersweet feeling of just pure, raw joy and excitement followed by a moment of, oh, crud, there's still two months left of the season and I'm done hunting. Well, the other pure joy too is, is watching some of these deer grow up year after year. You know, you, 
you follow their journey over the course of years and you're like, you know, you, I've, I've hunted the same place in Missouri for whitetail and I don't know, three or four years now with um, Prairie Land Outfitters and David's got some incredible deer and I'll catch like a glimpse of them, you know, 150 yards away on a bow hunt. And then I don't see them. They go into lockdown and I don't see them for a week. And I'm like, I know this deer is here. We have trail camera pictures of it. And it's like that for years, you know, and it's like, oh my gosh, that deer is still here. And that to me gives me so much hope and excitement year after year going back. Because then you really start to see these animals age, what their, what their potential is. And just knowing that they've had a good opportunity to to live a full life and um, it's fun to watch them. And, and it's, it's very rewarding when you actually are able to harvest one that's been kind of escaping you for that many years as well. Yeah. And you, I mean, again, non hunters never understand this, but, but you build a relationship with those deer, you know, you build a, you build a, a, a a 100% build a sense of respect for the deer and just like how brilliant they are and how smart they are and how elusive they are and how you build a sense of respect for them. And it's almost this, you know, if you harvest a mature whitetail, it's this, it's this seven year, six year chess match and, and you finally win. And it's just, it, it's again, it's the most overwhelming feeling followed by, well, now I don't get to chase you anymore. <laughs> now it's over and I got to find a new target. I don't think there, I mean, I've had a lot of, game animals and i don't know if there's a more challenging hunt than getting a big old white tail with a bow like when you do that you've really done something and um it's not easy it's not an easy hunt and people are like oh you're just sitting in a tree waiting for the deer to walk by and it's like how many times we go back and have dinner and then go back out in the dark when the deer are on the on the fields and move stands trying to get in the right spot and be in the right place because you know, their patterns move year to year and <clears throat> even just a shift in winds like this year was a really tough year. We had a lot of south winds where normally when I hunt, it's all north winds. So I went back in March and we hung stands um, where I've been patterning these year for all this north wind. And then this year with predominantly south wind. And it was like, oh, my gosh, it's like starting at ground zero. And, yeah. and this is how deer get old. Yeah. <laughs> People have no no clue that don't understand the uh like the years of commitment it can take for sure. And Western hunters, like you said, um, you know, I've had Western hunting friends who are like, "Is it even really hunting because you're just sitting there?" And I'm like, "Well, yeah, for us the hunt comes in long before we're just sitting there. You know, the hunt comes in the months of checking trail cameras, hanging stands, cutting lanes." um the the hours of work put in you're right you guys hunt you guys hunt for the shot and we hunt all year for the shot um and so it's just it's a different it's a different animal it's a different beast you know uh like that it's it's you gave the perfect example that deer i shot i uh this this past year i'd been running cameras and 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 just figured out um he comes where i had set up but but there's a more dominant place he goes more consistently and so I was sitting in the parking lot of my church underneath the street light, putting together a tree stand at like 10 p.m. Uh, yeah. to go out and hang it at, at 12 p.m. so I could hunt it at 5 a.m. And uh, that's right. And so it ended up getting it done. But but that's the kind of that's the kind of hunt that we do. It's it's a different hunt. It's not. You're right. I'm not spotting and stalking and and, and chasing animals around a mountain. But my hunt is a year long for that one sit that you're talking about. 
Um, so it is, it's, it's a different animal and, and a lot of people don't understand it. A lot of people don't understand, uh, where that joy comes in, but it's just that, that year long chess match game of where they're going, where they're going to be, where they're betting, where they're feeding. Um, it, it's just a different, it's a different kind of hunt. And, uh, you know, a, a lot of white tail Midwest guys don't understand hunting out West and, uh, and a lot of out Western guys don't understand hunting in the Midwest. So it's a different animal. And I, I would had, encourage everybody to try them both. I had a stand hung every 80 yards, <laughs> every well, <laughs> between 60 and 80 yards in this little section of the timber, because we set the, there was one existing stand and we're like, Oh no, this isn't it. So we set another stand and then I get in the stand and I'm like, Oh no, the deer are 80 yards over here. So then we move it in the middle of the night to this one spot. And I'm like, nope, we set it in the dark. And it just really wasn't quite the optics that I was looking for. And then we moved it again. And I'm like, how many times can you hang a stand in a section of woods that's 100 yards wide? And I'm going to tell you a lot until you get that right spot. Like, you can you can play chess. Like, literally, you're playing chess yeah. until you get it right. And and it's, you know, we're out in the middle of the night doing this stuff. And, and you, you know, heck, you have some late nights and, and long sits. We're sitting, you know, dark to dark. Um, because I'm terrified to get out of my stand. Um, like a lot of people get out midday. I, I absolutely refuse to get out midday. Um, so unless I have a super compelling reason to, you can count on me dark to dark. Well, you have, you have more, uh, patience and less ADHD than I have. I can tell you that. I can tell you I, that. You know what? I'm just so terrified. I get out and, and we had this happen this last year. We had gotten out for, some reason I can't recall what it was, but it was a valid reason. We had to move stands, wind change or something. And we go in midday and, and, and bump, you know, big shooter buck, you know, or, you know, it's just like, man, like you come back in, they can cruise midday anytime all day long. And you're just running a risk of, you know, every time you move. And sometimes, you know, you get in that situation where you have a good morning wind and then you got to get out when the wind starts to switch. And, some things like that and you're kind of chasing stands with your wind but i like i i pray for those solid winds that the direction is going to be the same way all day long so i can plunk down and and just wait it out yeah absolutely well uh so so fred bear was big on field notes so i always ask every guest to share with me a field note you've taken over the years um just something you've learned while in the field uh that i can take and put in my arsenal that'll make me and our listeners a better hunter uh, so what's one field note that you've taken over the years? So for me, I think the the biggest thing that most hunters do is we get in too big of a hurry. Um, and, I, and I think slowing down, looking, listening, having more introspect with your retrospect um, and the environment is, is always a winner. Um, because animals have very few needs. They need food, they need water, and they need shelter. And when all of those needs are met, sometimes the, the demographic where they're, they're living, especially in a Western environment, can be very small, and it also can be very big. And so I think we get in a big hurry to get to this place, especially, you know, if I'm, you know, pounded miles out West, you know, we're in a hurry to get somewhere, and you rush by a lot of times little sounds, little things that are easy to miss. You know, when I'm elk hunting, especially early season, I'm not looking for you know, 10, 15 elk tracks or a lot of elk sign, I might just be looking for one, one bull track. And that type of sign is a lot harder to see when you're blowing through country fast than if you slow down and just listen and look and pay attention and just appreciate where you're at and um, 
and, and listen to what the animal's doing instead of just rushing to where you think you need to be. Beautiful. That is a perfect tip. Um, so before we go, I do want to just say again uh, that I am excited to have you on board. I'm excited uh, to see what you can do with the redemption uh, in Africa and then with, with completing your turkey slam. And and I, I'm excited to have you on the team. Uh, I will mention that next week, you want to tune in to next week's episode, uh, we are going to be announcing a very, very large giveaway um, that, that you can win a free hunt. And so uh, tune in next week to listen to our episode and we're going to announce a very large giveaway. Uh, before we go, I also do need to give a quick thank you to another one of our friends over at AmericanHunt.com. American Hunt is an Airbnb style website uh, where you can log on and put in your destination and where you want to hunt and you can lease land by the day. So it gives you a really good option if you're driving through, um, you know, South Texas and you're like, man, I'm, I'm, I've heard I've heard Dylan talk about South Texas. I really like to hunt it. Uh, you can log on and look at different areas um, and lease land by the day. So you don't have to commit to having a full year lease. Uh, but it also gives a good way to cash flow land. So if you've got land uh, that you need to uh, start making some money on, uh, then then uh, listing on American Hunt gives you a good way uh, to get some cash flow without having to give away the rights to your land for the entire year. So go check out AmericanHunt.com. Uh, Christy, thank you so much for coming on uh, again. We'll have to talk again at the end of the year and, and recap yeah. all these hunts. Yeah, no, I appreciate you guys having me on and I'm, I'm thankful and honored to be part of the Bear family, and um, it's, it's going to be a great year. Well, from, from me and from all of us at Bear Archery, welcome to the team. And uh, we, again, are just so incredibly excited to see what you can do with that redemption. All right, guys. Well, thank you for listening. You guys have a great week.